where it's okay to not be okay. Really. I wonder if we I wonder if we really believe it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. Let me tell you something. We're going to talk about a, a, a something this morning that I know not a lot of you deal with, but I have to deal with it myself. Uh, it's stress. Thank you for playing along. You can joke here. Socks are optional. Sometimes so is laughter. <laughs> but connection exists. Connection exists. So when a newcomer, a guest, a privileged, honored person that comes to connection for the first time comes into this, per- this sanctuary, into this church and involved with us, that's why we exist. Now, we have to back up. We have to, we have to check, check the status of that, of that person during the week. Chances are that person during the week has experienced some stress. I know none of us do, but let's pretend like we do. Connection exists to meet people where they are. If you're going to meet people where they are, you're going to do something like this. I don't know. November 8th, Mount Vernon. Connection aside, let's give away some gasoline. If you think that you want to be a part of something, we need about 40 people. 40. Okay? We're going to do something that is not thought of in secular world. We're going to take money... Watch this. And we're going to give it away. No strings attached. We're going to buy gasoline for people. Amanda Wheeler, please raise your hand right here. After church, please not during church. I do have a sermon. After church, Amanda's going to be standing out there, out, out there by, the, by the popcorn counter. And if you want to help Saturday, November 8th, we're going to start about 8.30. Right? We need about 40 people. If you want to help, go talk to her. Okay? Outside, popcorn Amanda Wheeler, November 8th, 8.30, gas giveaway. Because that's what a church that deals with other people has to do. Connection exists to make a, a difference. Okay, and we're not going to be a cookie-cutter church. Right? We hear that all the time. Well, what's a cookie-cutter church? Something that we're not. Okay? We do things that are different. People, people would hear us. My dad, I remember the very first time. My dad's been a, a pastor for, and involved with church for 35 years. I told him that we were going to give away gas four or five years ago, whenever we started it, six years ago. He goes, you're going to do what? I said, we're going to go buy gasoline and we're going to give it away to people. Really? (laughs) Yeah. If you have been a part of of the gas giveaway or any of the other giveaways that we do, if you can't make Saturday, it's okay. November 22nd is our next one. What are we going to do? I'll tell you then. Because some of you like to post this on on, on social media and everybody and their brother will show up. Okay, don't. We want, it, we want it to just be an activity where it's spontaneous and people are just there. God's going to put those people there. He's going to. He has in the past. Okay, so uh, Amanda said the last person to leave is usually her, and it's before noon. So you had the rest of the day to hang out. I've been a part of this before. The rest of the day I spent talking to other people about that morning. That's what I did. Wow, I got to meet uh, so-and-so, and I got to meet so-and-so. You know how we, we have people that come to our church that we met where they were at a gasoline giveaway? Well, you're just manipulating people and giving stuff away to come to church. No, we're meeting people where they are because they need met where they are. Too many people say, we, we, we can meet you here, but until you get here, we, eh. Connection desires. 
to connect with people that are stressed out. And we know what that means. We know what stress is. Okay, they've worked all week. Nothing good's happened. Their boss is bad. They don't work with anybody, uh, you know, worth anything. But when we talk about stress, it stressed some of you out when you saw the sermon title. It stressed you out when you see the word stress. I don't want to deal with stress. I don't want to talk about stress. Stress causes a couple things that we're going to talk about this morning. But stress is everywhere. It's involved with my wife's not here. It's between me and my wife. It's between me and my kids. Me and my boss. Me and my coworkers. Some of you, some of us, some we, I'm in line with you on this one, okay? We go to the movies. It stresses us out. We go to the grocery store. It stresses us out. Some of you like stress so much that the day after Thanksgiving, you will go get stressed out for Black Friday. Maybe to get, I don't know what we need to do. We need to have a connection, a connection, community loving, and we hand, need to go to all these places that open at like midnight, and we need to hand out stress balls. <laughs> Here, when you're waiting in line, just squeeze. <laughs> Some people go to the bank and they get stressed out. I need this loan. I got to have this. I got to have this. And if I don't have this, it stresses me out. That stress causes worry. Worry causes hurt. It's a very, very, very lethal chain, chain reaction. Stress is everywhere. You don't think that there's stress? Why don't you go try to go buy a new or new to you car? Oh, we're not talking about that, Skip. Okay. How do I handle it? What do I do? What does God say about it? Did God create Matt and say, Matt, today I'm going to have you encounter stress today? No. No. God made Matt and he made you that whenever we go into this world and that when we encounter those problems, God says this. You need to trust me. Don't don't stress out about it. Don't worry about it. I talked to a lady this week. I heard a lady say this week. That she had some tests run. And out of, out, of the, out of her mouth, she said this. I really, really wanted to worry about them. Been there? Okay, we've all been there. It's, it's really easy. But she said, no, I'm going to trust. See, this is, the, this, is, this is the medicine for stress. You have to trust. Oftentimes, whenever I find myself and I'm really, really stressed out, things aren't going my, my way, I didn't take the time to plan, probably. I didn't take the steps that I needed to. See, because God has a plan for us. He knows that we're going to encounter stress. He knows that we're going to encounter these things. He knows that you're going to go through life and sometimes it's going to get a little bit bumpy. He knows. But if I take a look at my stress, if I have a timeline, like, man, I really, really suffered with stress right here. I really suffered with stress right here, right here. If we look at the core of my stress, of my worry, it's this. God, talking to God, God, I'm really stressed out right now. I, things aren't going right. Uh, I don't have this. Somebody didn't do this. Somebody didn't do this. I, I'm really worried right now. And God, sometimes he has to lean really close to me and he goes, will you just chill out? Do you not think that I'm bigger than stress? Matt, you need to trust me. Now that scares us. That, that terrifies us because trust is broken. Out here, in here, in your life, it's broken. How do we get, how do we get there? 
God says, Matt, I want you to trust me. I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to carry you. I'm going to put my arm around you. We're going to walk right through this thing, but you have got to trust me. You have to trust me. Now, often I look, I look back at these times in my life and I see these people that God put in my life. And I'm like, wow, those people walked right beside me. They didn't walk on a ladder up here. They didn't walk below me. They walked right beside me and they helped me through. God says, that's what I'm going to give you. You've got to trust me. I was thinking this morning, if I could make a list of the top five people, probably, just, just in my opinion, that I would like to meet that the Bible mentions, okay? And we knock off God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, we have two left. Okay, you can't claim Jesus, okay? <laughs> there's, there's two people. I probably want to talk to Paul, greatest missionary probably ever to walk the face of the earth. I want to talk to Paul. I want to find out what, I want to really find out what, what was, how difficult it was to do what he did. What kind of faith did you have? What kind of stress did you have? The other one? I want to talk to David. I want to talk to a guy that at at 13 or 14 years old, the whole Israelite army was stressing out, and David goes, I'll kill him. And he ran at a giant and threw a rock at his head and killed him. Cut off his head with a sword. He killed him. What kind of faith? See, David, David processed that trust in his life. When everybody else was wigging out, when everybody else was just beside themselves, scared, they were worrying. They let stress cause worry. David said, no, 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 no. Now we fast forward in life. David was hunted. (laughs) Saul wanted David dead. Do you think that would stress you out? Somebody wants you to not live anymore, okay? He's hunted. It would stress you out. But then again, he says, he said, God, I'll trust you. David lost a son. Because he sinned. He committed adultery. He committed murder. Yet God, where we read in the Bible, God says that David is a man after his own heart. I'm thinking to myself, man, I know I mess up. But if David can trust, I probably can too. See, it takes some of us that that have been followers for a little while Maybe followers for years, maybe uh, six months, a year, maybe a couple years, maybe, maybe three days. But when you become a follower of Jesus, God says this, you can absolutely trust me with everything. And we see in Psalms the adult version of David and what he said. This, this, I'm telling you, I, w- I would love to sit down and interview this guy. Because the things that he said, now watch, stress his whole life, stress his whole life. We get to Psalms 23. I know, you all understand probably what Psalms 23, when do you hear it? At a funeral. Why? It's about peace. David talks about this peace. This, this is unreal. This is unbelievable. I'm, I'm thinking, God, I don't know how I'm going to get to this day. i got a teacher. My, my principal's going to come in and, and observe me teaching. And i got those kids in my class. That if they act up, it's going to reflect on me. I'm stressing out about this. Matt, did you do your job? Yeah. Let me handle that, please. Don't worry about it. But where you are, just listen. Just listen real, real, real quick. Psalms 23. David's words. The Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> you can just stop there. Who takes care of him? He knows who takes care of him. I have all that I need. I know. 
I know, biblical times. David says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I've got that sweet chariot with the 20-inch gold rims. Yep, that's mine. I got everything I need. No, not at all. David said, I have everything that I need. Often we want to take that need out and we want to throw it in the trash can. God, you're my shepherd. Give me what you got. It's not the way that he works. He says, I will give you. I will give you everything that you need. And I know I've been where you are. You've been where I am. There are those times we look on paper and it's financial. God, this doesn't make sense. Trust me. Trust me. You tithe the church. He talks to me and Mary all the time. You give your money to the church. You watch what I do with your finances. I'm telling you. you could Talk to my wife about this. Talk to me. I have all that I need. Verse 2, he says, He lets me rest in green meadows. There's people in here that have been out west. Estes Park. Yellowstone. Those huge meadows in between the mountains are just beautiful and they're lush. But David says, God... You let me rest in green meadows and you lead me beside the peaceful water. I asked a group of high school students last year. I took a poll. Just ask them, straight up ask them. I teach high school. I said, if you could, get, if you could be given one thing, one thing, not material, one thing, what would you want? Do you know what 90% of them said? I just want peace. They're tired of the drama. They just want the peace. I'm tired of this girl talking about me behind my back. I heard this. I'm tired of this guy making fun of me for this. I'm thinking, my goodness, these kids are 14 to 18 years old and they don't have peace. They don't know how to rest. In verse 3, David says, You renew my strength. You take me along the right path, bringing honor to your name. See, God doesn't want to just take us. He said, oh yeah, I'll give you everything you need. No, just go. No. He says, I want you to daily, sometimes hourly, sometimes every minute. God, I'm kind of stressing out about this. And I, and I want to trust you. Show me. Verse 4. Verse 4 is absolutely incredible. Even when I walk through the darkest valley. Some of it, we've heard this. We, we've, tried to, watch, we've tried to say this in our life. We have. God, Test results are coming up. <clears throat> or that person's going to make a final decision on a job. And we think it's just so dark. And David says, God, even when I was walking through those valleys. Listen, David experienced things that you and I may not ever experience. It was low. He said, he's speaking from experience. He says, God, even when I walk through those dark valleys, I won't be afraid. Because you're with me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Why do you use rod and staff? David used to be a shepherd. It's terms that make sense. It's relevant. Why are we going to give away gas? Because all of you used it. Or diesel, some type of fuel to get here today. It's relevant. See, David comes, your rod and your staff protect me. Verse 5, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Just stating this. He says this, Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. See, the more David understood God. David understood God what he did. The more that we understand God, the easier it is to trust Him. Yes? The more, the more in tune with your wife 
probably the less arguments that you have. Yes. How about this? The more you're in tune with your baseball hitting coach, and the more you do exactly what he wants you to do, you probably don't have conflict there either. If you're in class, the more, the more closer relationship and understanding you have of your teacher and you know what they expect, the less confrontation you're going to have. This is, this is something coming out of the Old Testament a long time ago. But the more we understand, see, we, we can't take what we know. See here, if you could get over it, you would have. If you could get over stressing and worry out, you would have. We can't. We have to have God. In order for us to have God, we have to have a transformation. We have to change the way that we think. Some of you have been here with us the last three or four weeks. Romans 12, 2 has come up a lot. Come to Connect Group this next month. Changing the way that we think. We live in a perfect world, don't we? Ah. No arguments with our spouse. No arguments with our friends. No one's ever said anything negative about you on Facebook. Nobody's ever blocked you on Facebook. This is an imperfect world. Why? Because sin broke it. Broke it. Broke the chain, broke the gears, broke it all. Sin broke it. We live in an imperfect world and it is impossible for you to go through that, this life and to not be hurt by someone. Because people that we're in relationship with us can hurt us really quick, really deep, really sharp, really fast. The deepest hurts you'll ever have in your life will come from people. They will. Why? Because the book of James says that this thing, their tongue, is very, very fast. And it's sharp. Further than a double-edged sword, is what he says. It's sharp. If you have your worship handout with me this, with me this morning, yellow piece of paper inside, you're going to have some, some sermon notes. There's a lot to fill in today. Don't worry, we're going to be out of here before 2 o'clock. No problem. Okay, but we're talking about stress today. Now, if you... If you have your Bible, open, go ahead and open up the Psalms. We're going to be over in chapter 39. It's in the middle of your Bible. Remember that trick when you were little? How do you find Psalms? Take your Bible and you open it up. If you get the Proverbs, go to the left. Okay? But relationships are the greatest. If you have this on, on you have, if you have a pen, um, relationships are the greatest source of stress in our lives. I will say something cool. Watch this. Anybody have a new connection pen this morning? Don't, t- don't say what it does. Just raise your hand. Anybody have a new connection pen? We want to be so relevant. Watch this. We want to be so relevant. Anybody ha- who has a smartphone in here? A smartphone that's touchscreen. The new connection pins have a stylus on the end of them. Ooh. That's to make your life stress-free this week. Just because we give you a stylus means you're... you're no, it doesn't. Okay? We're going to get back. It says the relationships, relationships are the greatest source of stress in our life. It goes from the greatest stress, but watch what else they are. They're the greatest source of blessing. And, the gra- and they give us the greatest joy. But people hurt us. Sometimes they hurt us unintentionally. Sometimes they hurt us intentionally. Sometimes they hurt us accidentally. And sometimes they do it on purpose. And sometimes we've done that on purpose. The problem is not that we're going to get hurt. The problem is how we're going to respond, how we're going to stress out about it, how we're going to worry about it. 
I think God would want to tell us some things this morning. And maybe not, this is not going to be a do this, it's going to be a don't do this. So if you have your worship handout, look at the first blank, or the next blank. It says this, don't ignore and try to hide the hurt. What do we do when we ignore? When we ignore something, we let stress come in, and we're just like, okay, it's not there, it's not there, it's not there, it's not there. Out of sight, out of mind. If I don't think about it, it's not there. If I don't think about it, it's not there. You know I'm right. Okay, you understand. I'm coming from experience preaching this sermon, okay? Don't ignore and try to hide the hurt. Why? Hiding is secluding. Seclusion is where Satan wants to take you. He wants you to feel alone. He doesn't want you to think that there's anybody with you. Oh, you're suffering, Matt. You're all alone on this one, buddy. That's where he wants to get me. And what? He doesn't just want to get me alone. He wants to box me up, chain it, and keep me there. That's what he wants to do. God says this, don't ignore, don't ignore or hide it. When we hide it, it's dark. God says, I'm not about darkness. Bring it to the light. Bring it to me. Let me help you. Trust me. Number one, we don't suffer in silence. We don't keep it inside. We don't keep it alone. We try to cope with our problems by doing this. Pretending they don't exist. We do that? I do that. Pretend, oh, not there. Mm-mm. Ignoring your hurt never heals it. If you ignore it, you don't pay attention to it, it's not going to do anything. If you ignore the gaslight in your vehicle, you're only going to go so far. True? If you ignore that light in your life, if you ignore that warning, that hey, that stress, that worry, if you ignore that, your tank is going to go empty. And then, it, listen, then we stress, then we worry, then there's the hurt. Oh, and I like this one. Some people like to camouflage their hurt. Here we go again, talk about hunting. Now listen, it's hunting season. Okay? I don't care whether you, now some of you are not going to follow this. I don't care if you wear Mossy Oak, Mossy Oak, uh, Realtree AP, Max 4, Duck Blind, Mossy, gra- mossy Oak Shadow Grass. I don't care what you, I don't care what you wear. Some of you are like, I have no idea. It's all camouflage, okay? It's camouflage. Sometimes we like to say, oh, you know what? If I can just, I see high school girls every day. And what do they do? They conceal their face. Why? Because they don't want you to see their face broke out. They do. Why? We camouflage it. We don't want, mm -mm, mm -mm. no, I look like this when I wake up. That's what they want you to think. Listen, listen, people, they do. They do, I'm telling you. They, they say, mm, look. <laughs> I teach them every day. I'm telling you, this camouflage thing is real. And I'm not talking about your, their face. I'm talking about camouflaging their feelings inside. Sometimes they take that concealer, and I, sometimes I think they use too much, but sometimes I think they, they would like, they take it off and they'd put it on their heart if they could. Sometimes I think that they would put it inside them if they could. I don't want anybody to know how I feel. I don't want anybody to know what's going on. I hurt too much. I want to be alone. Don't mess with me. We wear nice clothes. 
We, we get nice things. We have a pleasant smile on our face. Listen, we camouflage it. Do we not? Just because you didn't want to say anything or go into, con- go into a conversation, think about it. Do not answer this out loud. When's the last time somebody says, hey, how are you doing today? And your world is falling apart, tear down, cannonball through the door, and you say, oh, I'm good. That's camouflage. God says, no, I don't want that. Trust me, if you camouflage it, you're ignoring and hiding it, and I do not want you to do that. See, David understood. Not his whole life, but when he wrote Psalms 23, he did. He said, God, I I trust you. Do you know how hard that is for us to say sometimes? Even if it's going to mean something that we will be selfish with, somebody, somebody may die. I trust you. My wife had prayed that prayer about having kids. If we can't have kids, God, we trust you. And God said, just trust me. I'll take care of you. And then we're surprised when he does. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Psalms 39 real, real quick. Verse number one in Psalms 39 says this, I said to myself, I will watch what I do and not sin in what I say. I will hold my tongue when the ungodly are around me. But as I stood there in silence, not even speaking of good things, the turmoil within me grew worse. The more I thought about it, the hotter I got, igniting a fire of words. You know what this tells me? That even David... could have the straw that broke the camel's back. There's that switch. Push me so far, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out. Stressed out so much. How do I know that? In my house, Mary and I seek to have a very godly relationship. We communicate about everything. If it's disciplining our girls, we're a united front. It's very not good No, I don't teach English. It's not good for one of our daughters to go talk to mommy after daddy said no. It's not okay. But sometimes in our relationship, me and her, sometimes I've had a bad day. Maybe I got caught by three trains. Maybe, see, I don't, I just, I live on this side of the trains in Mount Vernon, but I go to Wayne City and there's another railroad track. And I have to go across it to get to school. Sometimes I, have a, sometimes I have a train. Sometimes I didn't get along. I didn't get, have the conversation that I wanted to have a conversation. Somebody, somebody came up and critiqued me. Even constructively. I'm like, hmm, they shouldn't have said that. They should watch their own, they watch their own self. They don't do it like I do because I do it better than them. And they don't even know. See? Yeah. Welcome to my world. And I know that you don't do this or ever think this. But sometimes in my head as I'm going home, I'm like, hmm, there's no way. There's no way they, they shouldn't have talked to me that way. Maybe the kids, maybe it's a full moon. Listen, if it's a full moon and you know it at your house, I do at school too. Okay, maybe they're crazy. There's teachers in here. They understand what I just said. Maybe it's crazy and I get home and maybe Mary comes to me in the absolute most loving way, constructive way, and she says, hey, could you, could you do this? I don't want to do that. Do I mean that? No. What is it? It's just right what he says. It says, the more I thought about it, the hotter I got, igniting a fire of words. Our tongue is so quick. Our tongue can cut faster and deeper. 
you can say things to people that will take years for them to get over if they want to hold on to it. If you have your worship hand out, the next blank says this, don't run from the hurt. If I can just watch, watch, watch. I'm having a rough time at school. If I can just go to Canada for the next two weeks, when I get back, it'll be all gone. I could go fish. I could go hunt. Just let me out of here. Let me go to Canada. I just want to go away. Take me away. I want to get out of here. If I can just get out of the situation, out of the environment, out of the problem, it will go away. I don't want to know how many times you or I have told ourselves that lie. I just got to do this. I just got to do this. David wanted to do this. Check out Psalms 55, 2 and 6 on the screen. David says this, I am overwhelmed by my troubles. Oh, that I had wings like a dove, then I would fly away and rest. How many people have seen Forrest Gump? And the little girl, look, this is where it comes from, where she prays and she has the abusive dad and she gets down and she says, Forrest, pray with me. And she says, dear God, make me a bird so I can fly far, far away from here. Dear God, make me a bird so I can fly far, far away from here. She thought, if I can escape the situation, it will all go away. The problem is if we, if we looked at that situation in a hole, she can get away from there, but the scars of that she has not dealt with yet. That's what we want to do. We just want to go. We just want to go. I just need to go hunting, Mary. Seriously, just leave me alone. Let me go kill some ducks. I'll be fine. We say that. We do. We say things, and we're so quick. We're so quick. Why? Because it's our nature. We have sin in our life. It affects everything in us. This is, this is some ways that I, that I wrote that we tried to escape. Mary, don't bother me. I just want to watch this movie. Mary, don't bother me. Gold Rushers on. It's Shark Week. Seriously. Some of us like Shark Week. We escape into alcohol. We escape into drugs. If we can't work it out with our mate, we just divorce. We go shopping. Guys are not out of the woods on this one either. I could very easily drop a lot of money if I just walked into Cabela's or Bass Pro. Even though it's not New York Learner or the Bath and Body Works store or wherever. Let my kids run in Toys R Us. It'd be a bad idea. We want to escape. If you won the world championship of a sport, the question they ask you, so what are you going to do now? And what do they say? I'm going to go to... Disney World. Oh, we escape. Why? Because Disney World is full of laughs. And it's all fun. You talk to anybody that's been to Disney World, I guarantee at one point in their trip, they are like, ah! (laughs) They're stressed. Everybody's shaking heads. All right. Great. Great. I got that to look forward to. All right. Um, You know what? You 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 can drown your sorrows in television or alcohol or drugs. The problem is when you get back, they're still there. Somebody, somebody may say, oh, I'm going to use drugs. I'm going to get high. When you come down, they're still going to be there. When you go out and get drunk and you come home, they're still going to be there. Okay, God says this, don't stress about your stuff. You need to trust me. Don't worry about the stuff. You don't try to do it on your own because we know how well that's worked. That's what God says to me. Matt, you, you understand how that's worked in your life so far when you handle it, right? 
Yeah, God. David says that. I'm overwhelmed by my troubles. Oh, that I had wings like a dove, then I could just fly away. There are days that we want to fly away. Yeah, sure. Days that you'd like to say, you know what? I'm done with, with my job at about noon. We're just going to go home today. The, the rest of the day, I just I don't need to have it. Or you wake up in the morning, I don't even need to go to work today. I don't want to put up with the stress. Our attitude is already wrong. You get to go to work because they give you a paycheck and they give you money. I talked to a guy in the last couple of weeks. He's been on a couple of days of vacation and he said this. My job let me have three days off. And watch, they paid me for them. Because do you, do you see the attitude difference? When I want to leave work, I got to get out of here. And he said, I was so thankful. What kind, what kind of job is that? They pay me to not be there. See, you go to your job so that they give you money so you can get the things that you need. If you look in your worship handout, the next one is this. Don't worry and don't resent your hurt. Now this, for some of you, is going to be very difficult because you do not like and don't resent your hurt. Because you say, no, 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 you don't understand the person that hurt me. Listen, if it's an abusive situation, let me tell you something right now coming from my mouth, it's not your fault. But there's sometimes that we might be at fault in a relationship struggle. Well, I can say whatever I want to you, you just don't say anything back to me. Worry never, here comes worry again. Don't worry and don't resent your hurt. Worry never accomplishes. Tell me if this is true. Worry exaggerates. By the time I get home, the problems that I may have had this, that day at school suddenly are not this big. If somebody will listen, they'll be this big. And if Mary will listen again, it'll be this big. If I call my parents, it's this big. All of a sudden, I got a 25-pound fish on the wall and really only 2 pounds, 3 ounces. You know what I'm saying? We extravag- just make things extravagantly bigger than they are. We exaggerate. Worry causes you to hurt. Stress causes us to worry. Worry causes the hurt. It causes physical and emotional hurt. Do you know what stress can do? It will kill you. Physically. I teach physical education. A lot of people like to say, oh, you're a PE teacher. What do you do? You just have a, a room full of balls. You just throw them out and say, hey, go play PE. No. In college, I had to take classes like anatomy and physiology, kinesiology, study of muscles, movements. We talked about, we talked about different things and their effect on the body. One of the emotional things that we talked about was stress. A, bu- a bunch of a semester was about stress and what it does. It will eat you from the inside out. It will kill you. You're worried it causes ulcers in your stomach. It causes you to have a heart attack. It's a big deal. Look what it says in Job on the screen. 5.2, it says this, To worry yourself to death with resentment would be foolish. It would be a senseless thing to do. When we worry about hurt for relationships, it leads to resentment. Well, you don't understand how they treated me. I don't need to get over this because I need to hold on to this. Hurts that are not dealt with will create some sort of bitterness, some sort of anger. May cause you to be extremely cynical or sarcastic about life. 
That's what stress does. It will utterly kill you. And what God says about stress, he says, I don't want you to stress. Remember what David said. I want to take you to the green meadows. I want to let you lay down and have the peace beside the river. Chill. Listen. I worked really hard this week. And this is not a, this is not a brag on Matt story, but I want to tell you something. I really, really, really enjoy hunting. I really do. I love to be outside. Last night I got to go bow hunting. My girls were not home. I had everything prepared for this morning, everything prepared for next week. And I thought, man, I'm just going to go out and I'm going to climb a tree. It was beautiful yesterday. And I went out and I watched some deer playing around the field. And I just sat there. And I'm like, you know what? God, you are just unbelievable. If you were, I was up early this morning. Not because I didn't set my clock correctly. I just got up. I like to get up early. And I drove around a little bit. If you were up early enough to see that hard frost shine on that sun, that's what God said. God, I just driving along the road. And it was like God was whispering in my ear. He goes, you see this? I just made this for you. Will you just enjoy me today? I made this for you. This looked like there was a billion diamonds everywhere you look. It was gorgeous. That's the God that takes care of us. He said, Matt, you need to just trust me. But we worry ourselves to death with resentment. Hmm. Sometimes we deal with hurt that comes from another area. Stuff that's not our fault. We were rejected molested we had disloyalty practiced on us we felt abandoned we've been raped this is something worse but there is something worse than that watch god says bring your hurt to me bring it to me some of us some of us have a really hard time Because every time we bring something to someone, we get it shattered. It shatters. I dropped a coffee cup this week. It just shattered everywhere. I'm still finding pieces of it. But it shattered. Sometimes our life just seems like it's shattered. And when we bring our hurts to someone, it gets shattered. But God says this, if you don't bring it to me and you take it to someone... Your stress is going to lead to worry, lead to hurt, and then you're going to be really, really bitter. And when you're bitter, you don't connect well with other people like God wants us to. We worry ourselves to death with resentment. Look at Psalms 23.5 on the screen. This is, again, what David said, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. You know, I've said this before. We have some new people that you may not have heard this. If I put a, a four by eight sheet of, of, uh, of poster board up here, and I, and I gave one of these young people in the front row a black marker, and they came up, I said, just make a dot anywhere on there. And they made a dot with a black marker on a great big piece of white board. I would ask you what you saw, and 99% of you, if you didn't know what was going to be answered or asked, you would say, I see the black dot. You see the imperfection. You see the non-perfect. You don't see the 99% 
of good white, you only see the dot. When we look at ourselves, it is so easy to say, God, I'm not worth it. I've done this wrong. 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 We do that. And it is so easy for us to just dwell on that stuff. God, I can't do this. I can't, you cannot possibly use me to do this because I've done this. That video before we've come to church, before we started our sermon, when it says it's okay, you come into connection, it is a place where it is okay to not be okay. Thank God. You are at a place where it is okay to not be okay. The person sitting to the left and right of you, they're probably not okay either. I invited my uncle to church one time. He said, I'm tired of going to the, I don't want to go to church anymore where I live because all the churches are full of hypocrites. And he goes, but they won't admit it. And I said, would you like to go to a church that's full of them? And he goes, what? I said, we got them all. All those hypocrites come here. We're not a perfect church. We don't have it all together. It's okay to not be okay. That gentleman that's the pilot, I love that guy. I want to meet that guy. He says this, to that lady, that lady before him says, if you've known half the stuff that I've done, if you know the things that I've done, you would never want to sit beside me in church. You'd never want me at your church. And that guy comes on, he says, if you've known half the stuff that I've done, you would not be so worried about your own. See, we are a church full of broken people. We are. We're broken. We're messed up. Sin has affected our chains, our gears, our cogs. Everything's messed up except when we choose to be followers of Jesus and we say, God, I'm going to bring you my stress. I'm going to bring you my hurt. I'm going to bring you my stuff, my junk, my whatever. I want to trust you. And when we start trusting, we start walking beside people. We start having God put those people in our life to get us through. God will protect us through this life. In verse 6 of, of, of Psalms 23, the very last thing in Psalms 23 says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I've done some funerals. And they said, make sure that you read the last verse loud. Why? Because that person had probably expressed a trust in God. Because after this life, they are going to get to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is what David, this was his hope. He said, God, <laughs> let's see, I'm hunted? <laughs> he was in a cave. He hid in a cave. He was hunted. They, Saul wanted him dead. He said, God, I, uh, uh, um, I'm stressing out about this. David, you have to trust me. He talks to me. God talks to me on a daily basis. Maybe I'll have a conversation with someone and I'll say, man, I didn't end well. And I stress out about it. And I know my triggers. And God says, go talk to him. So I go talk to him. And wouldn't you know it, we're, we're cra- we are a crazy group of people because we pray to a God we've never seen, never met him, never had dinner with him, never shook his hand, never met him. We pray, we pray to him, and, then we, and we give him all of our trust, all of our faith, and we're surprised. We are surprised when he works. Like, God, you know, um, 
I'm going to finally give this over to you. And in two or three weeks, you're like, wow, that like went away. Or I don't struggle with that as much. Or I don't really have an argument with my wife like I used to. Oftentimes, we are so carried away with that person hurt me, now it's time to hurt them. And let me tell you something. Sometimes we can pull a heck of a knife out of our pocket. Sometimes we can pull a heck of a knife out of our mouth. Sometimes we can type it way faster than it works right here. When have your worship handout, watch this. Next blank. Let God settle the score. Because with Him there is no score. Because He didn't just send His Son to die for you. He sent His Son to die for the person that you're fighting with. Also, does God, God doesn't know my situation, really. How about this? Has it ever occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? The creator of the universe doesn't know how to deal with His children's stress, really. He says in here, when David, David finally gets him, just eloquently written. He said, God, I trust you in, in a time. And we fast forward through Psalms later in his life. He's stressing out again. Listen, this is not something that we're going to wake up one day and say, stress is gone. Woo! If you wake up one day and your stress is gone, you are in heaven. You're not here. Your stress is gone up there, in there, wherever it is. Multidimension. We worry too much about getting even and being jealous. Oh my gosh. I drove by the car dealership the other night and I was going to, I was going to Hardee's and I was coming home. And I'm not into Ford, Chevys, Dodges. I really don't, I really, that doesn't bother me like brand. I'm not brand specific. And I know some of you are like, oh, I'm stressing out about that now because it's, it's a big deal if you drive a Chevy or a Dodge. Listen, I bought my truck because it was a really good deal. No amens on that. Okay, well, we'll talk about that later. So, <laughs> but I drove by. It's, it's an awesome truck. It's, it's a blue Ford, but it's the one that's got the Ford written across the, the grill of it. Man, it's a sharp truck. And I'm like, yeah, that look good in that. And I talked to my, and I talked to my uncle. My uncle is very smart about, about money. And I was talking to him about some different things, and he said, you know, he said, I really wouldn't, he used these words. I, God is just cool. In a conversation I had last night with my uncle, he said this, don't stress out about getting a new truck. Whenever you get enough money and you think it's the right time to go get one, then just go buy one. I said, do you have any idea what I'm preaching about? Tomorrow. And the answer is no, because he's the guy that doesn't want to go to the church with all the hypocrites. And I invite him, hey, you need to come here. He says, don't stress out about that. See, we stress out about stuff. We want to get even. My neighbor has a new car. I need to get a new car. Pretty soon, you look down your neighborhood lane, everybody's got a new car, and everybody has debt. It's not okay. How big of a deal is debt? Oh, we talk about money. Now listen, number one and number two reasons for people getting divorced in the United States. Number one is money. Number two is being incompatible sexually. Top two. Money and sex. Top two. Because we want to do this, we want to get even. I, Jason Barry has a nicer truck than me. I got to get a better truck than Jason Barry. I go to school. You should. I have no idea. I can't even possibly compete with the kids at school. 
I go to school and I have some brand new, some brand new shoes and I walk by a kid, I'm like, those are newer than mine. Watch this. I get, my, I get my iPhone out of my pocket, my iPhone 5S, which I got a good deal on. I didn't buy it new. And I walk by, there is a junior at my high school that has an iPhone 6. And I said, really? Then I go to a, a junior, a, uh, an elementary classroom. Well, there's like fourth graders that have phones. Huh, I got a phone when I was 23 and married. I'm not that old. But oftentimes we want to get even. We want to have it. We, we, we have to have the newest thing. We have to. We can't possibly do it with something else. Could I get a fancier electric guitar? Sure. All it is is money. You give me some, I'll get another one. See, that's, that's what we want to think. Well, it, it'll be better if we have this. It'll be better if we have this. Listen, until we understand that God will settle the score, and that means he's just going to annihilate the situation. He's going to take care of the hurt on both sides, not just you. Oh, wait a minute. We could have caused hurt on the other side. Oftentimes we find ourselves not guilty. But God says, you let me handle that. I remember when I was a kid growing up, my sister's younger than me, and Jennifer would do something. I said, quit it. I'm the boss. I just thought being older meant that I was the boss. And it very, very, very most assuredly, I was not. Because I would hear this resounding boom coming from the kitchen. <laughs> you are not the boss of your sister. <laughs> and it was not God. I thought it was. It was my dad. <laughs> Oftentimes I wanted to be better. I said, no, you just, you just hang right there and let me take care of this because I know better. In our situations in our life that cause us stress, that's what we say. I know how to handle this better than you do. I know how to handle this better than you do. Listen, my wife comes up to me with constructive criticism about how to do something, probably causing me less work, Less worry, less stress. And the only thing that I can think of is my situation today has caused me so much stress, I want to be quick with my tongue, and I just, boom. And I just decimate any conversation and getting along in the next five or ten minutes, hour, day, whatever. You look on the screen in Romans 12, 17, and 19. God says this through Paul, never pay back evil with more evil. Never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God for the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. Now, this does not say that God is going to, for someone that steals your shoes, God is going to steal their shoes. This does not say that. Okay, we, we want to take things so literally when we read scripture sometimes. That's not what it says. God's saying this through Paul. He says, listen, I'm talking to the church at Rome. Listen to me. Okay, someone's done something wrong to you. Congratulations, you're a person. You're human. You're alive. Somebody's done something to you. It wouldn't take, it wouldn't take for most of us remembering past the last three days to say something that somebody's done to us. We hold on to that. He says, never take revenge. Let God settle the score. Let God help you and let God help them because if God helps both of you you can get along when one person trusts and the other one person doesn't guess what more than likely that person is going to hurt you last thing in your worship handout let God bring comfort to your wounds God offers peace beyond our understanding that's often that's often a verse that we use in, in funerals as well. 
God would bring comfort. He bring that he bring that he bring just this this comfort, this the beyond what we can understand. It's about peace. Some of us will never experience the comfort of our wounds healing because we are too prideful. And I'm in line. I choose to be that way. I'm in line with you. When we're too prideful to let God work, guess what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get over this. Really? How's that worked out for you? I don't mean to sound like a jerk. How's it worked out for you? If you have some kind of secret, I'd like to know because it hasn't worked out for me. Lay aside your pride and let God heal you. You do not get healed when you are hiding in a closet in the dark alone. Doesn't happen. When you are in that box alone, what are you doing? You're worrying. You're stressing. That person did this to me. You're keeping score. The love chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we do it at weddings. Love doesn't keep score. God's love doesn't keep score. God says, I don't care who you're in a relationship battle with. I want to heal your wounds and I want to heal your wounds. But our pride, God, I don't have a problem. Sometimes we say, God is like, Matt, are you okay today? You know what? I'm good, God. Really? We, we try lying to God. He created us. It, I can tell you, I don't want to say 100%, 99.9% of the time, if Emma lies to me, I can tell. That's my oldest daughter. If she tells me something that's untrue, I'm not going to tell you what quirk she does because some of you will tell her so she can work on that so she can get better at lying, okay? <laughs> but I can tell you, me and Mary, bang. I'm like, Emma, are you telling me the truth? Yeah? <laughs> Question mark? No, you're not. See, do you not think that God, the creator of us, when we, when we, when we go to him and he says, let me heal you today, you know, you know I'm, I'm good, God. God can see that. He sees when his kids hurt. And stress hurts us. Look what it says in Psalms 147. God heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. This is, this is what David was talking about. This is what he said. God, just let me just, I just want to just hang out in this meadow. Just teach me, God, how to walk in your peace. Do you know that if you could possess and and physically sell bottles of peace, that you would be probably the richest person ever in the history of ever? Okay, it'd take you about two weeks, and you'd probably be richer than Solomon was in the Bible. If you don't know who Solomon was, he was loaded, okay? Rich. But God heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. People look for the peace. Some people in this room right now are like, I have not had peace in 20 years. I've not had peace in this situation. I haven't had peace in this relationship. Here's your chance. God says, I sent my son to die for that sin. I want to help you and I want to help them. Go talk to him. Heal your relationship. See what God does with it. Psalms 23.5. Again, David says this, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Even when people around you are being negative, God can say this, you just trust me. Let everything else take care of itself. You concentrate on you. We tell Emma and Lydia that all the time. 
They want to tell on their sister. Listen, you take care of you. You take care of you. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. This is a big deal in the Old Testament when we anointed people with oil. It's a sign of reverence, a sign of just this uplifting. Okay? And David says this, God, you treasure me so much. We think so negatively of ourselves. We do. We can tear our own walls down in a hurry. God, I'm not worth this. You may be in a, you have been in a relationship before. I am not worth the love that my partner gives me. I am junk. Newsflash. My God, the creator of this universe, does not create junk. You are not junk. Well, we may have a broken relationship. We may have some sin affecting things in our life. But I want to tell you right now that God wants to do this. He says, you are my precious kid. Do not stress. Do not worry. You've got to trust me. But to trust Him, we have to lay aside pride. And we're not good at laying aside pride. Because I want my truck to look better than yours. I want to run faster than you. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to shoot more ducks than you. I want to shoot a bigger deer than you. I want to do. I want to get more pay at work. I want to have more friends on Facebook than you. Everything's a competition. Lay aside the pride. And let God take care of you. Never forget. When they handed me Emma for the first time. Little bitty thing. And I was just looking at her. And I thought how precious she was. Innocent. Not affected by this world yet. And I just look at her. I did the same thing with Lydia. I just like, man. I looked at Mary and said, I can't. Look what we did. Wow. And I couldn't help just telling God my appreciation. Just out, just couldn't quit. And God just reminded me, I was holding my daughters. God would just remind me, do you know I do this with you? And you don't have to be a baby because my hands are really big. He says, sometimes I see you, Matt, and you're having a lot of trouble during the day. And you're stressing out. Do you know that I'm available to just hold you? I can take away your pride. I can take away your stress. I can take away your worry. That's what, that's what David's talking about. We're precious people. We can be sharp, but we're precious. Pray with me and we'll be dismissed. God, we thank you so much for today. God, we thank you that we don't have to worry, that we don't have to stress. God, when it happens, understand, let us understand, God, that we have a way to get out of it, to get from underneath it. We just need to trust you. God, as we leave here today, whether we go eat, whether we go hang out with friends, we go ride four-wheelers, whatever we do today, God, let us do it for you. Let us give you the glory, you the honor. And God, if we are stressing out, let us come to you. Your name we pray. Amen.